A passion for music and a positive attitude can get you a long way. This week on Scheduled for Launch, join me, Zach Walsh, as I talk to David about his new music adventure, Quite the Sight. David's music has a focus on beautiful sound, new skill, and putting out a great message. We talk nostalgia, inspiration, and love for other people. Welcome to Scheduled for Launch, a podcast to discover projects you may have missed. And everybody, I am really excited about this week because, like I said before, this one's a little bit for me, and it's we're featuring one of my my dearest friends, one of my oldest friends, uh, Dave. Thanks for coming on, man. Thank you so much for having me. I know you literally prepped me for like that you were going to do the intro, but that was so seamless. Uh, and it definitely came off my flow. I'm just, I'm very impressed. You are very good at this. <laughs> I've done it 22 times now. <laughs> Those of you who are on the show previously know how many times I can fumble that up, but it's, it's great. Dave and I have known each other for, oh God, 18 years. I'm, I'm trying to do the mental math. That sounds correct. Yeah, 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 yeah. Because we said that our like our friendship, oh, we were messaging and we said that over like messenger that our friendship could legally vote in the federal election. So 18 years. <laughs> <laughs> go out and vote if you're in Canada or anywhere else that has a democracy. Go do that, please. Please do it. <laughs> <laughs> Dude, I'm so excited to have you on the show. And we're going to be talking about uh, your music, quite the sight. And I loved it, man. I went on the, the, um, holy shit. I can't remember what it's called right now. Uh, the Spotify. Oh my gosh. <laughs> I went on the Spotify and looked it up and I had some serious nostalgia and I almost cried and I don't oh, know cool. why. And it was super cool. But before we get too far in, Dave, can you tell the audience a little bit about yourself? Oh, I would be honored to. Uh, yeah, so my name uh, is Dave, or David, if you'd like. Uh, oh, man, I, I don't really know how to describe myself. I'll say musician for first, as this is a podcast where we're talking about that. I'm going to say podcast connoisseur for those who know me and are listening to this. Uh, I've made it. <laughs> I've like My dream goal for a gig was to just get paid to do TED Talks, and people are like, no, you have to pay to do TED Talks. I'm like, well, that's a scam. I'm like, but you could get paid to do podcasts. I was like, yeah, but I don't want to like, I don't want to do the legwork. That's a lot of work. So now I get to be on a podcast, <laughs> which is so cool. But yeah, I, I'm a musician currently as of <laughs> three days ago, uh, based out of <laughs> Calgary, Alberta. Uh, but I was born and raised in the greater Toronto area. Uh, I lived for most of my life in Mississauga, which is the city right beside Toronto, but basically did everything in Toronto. Um, I would say like my actual, <laughs> my paid profession, music is entirely a passion. I uh, would love to maybe make money off it someday, but that's it's it's going to be a bit probably. Uh, but my actual like career aspirations uh, that pay me money. Uh, I'm a social worker who currently works in camping, which has been really amazing, and I've done that. I mean, that's initially how that's Zach how we and I met. met. That's how I met many years ago. Well, uh, oh, well, sorry, we go ahead. Like nine. Yeah. Like, yeah, nine. I think. <laughs> We, we met going to camps. Uh, we both worked at the camps. Uh, we both took like breaks um, and I just kept calling me back and I ended up in a full time, which is great. Uh, yeah, but yeah. I make music uh, under individually uh, under the name of Quite the Site, which I would describe as kind of like a like ambient electronic type of music. Um, I also play in a in a group, a collective, if you will, called Spring Colors. Uh, that's a lot more punky, uh, with like an electronic edge to it. And hopefully, ideally, by the end of this year of 2021, dropping some more solo work. That's a bit more. I like to describe it as like the post-hardcore type music that I like because I grew up in the early 2000s when I was getting into music, that music genre kind of had a connotation that I, Zach, you know what I'm talking about, like Warped oh, Tour post-hardcore, which like, hey, if you're listening and that's your jam, power to you, enjoy it. Uh, it was never for me, 
but uh, you know, like that Discord records kind of stuff. So hopefully dropping some like solo punk tunes out under a different name, because you know, you just can't confuse the 16 people who listen to your projects, right? <laughs> <laughs> no, totally fair. Dave actually too, um, everybody listening, probably is indirectly the person who got me into this spot right now because we were at camp one day and he's like hey you ever heard of fairy tale and i was like no and he was like great read death note and, <laughs> and that's that kind of started my my love for the nerdy stuff and how i got into tabletop games and podcasting down the road so that's that's how we got here it's really funny but it's totally true that is so funny that you say that. Uh, I was going to bring this up later on the podcast, uh, but we can do it now. But much how I did that for you with the nerdy side of things, Zach, you were also very formative in my music uh, journey. For those who have maybe listened to or will listen to Quite the Sight, I would say it's like, I, I am a very big fan of electronic and ambient music, but like my first true musical love was like heavy metal punk rock, oh, yeah. hardcore punk, that kind of stuff. Uh, and I primarily got into that music genre because one time at camp, Zach was like, hey man, have you ever heard of this band called Cradle of Filth? And I said, excuse me. And you were kind of, it was along the lines of like, yeah, they sound exactly like how their name sounds like. And I was like, excuse me. And I went home and I listened to it and it was like <laughs> the most horrifying thing. I we, we would have been like 12. I was like the most horrifying thing the like 12 year old me had ever heard. And I was just like, hell yeah, dude. Like I'm gonna write away the rest of my life for this. I'm gonna start growing out my hair. Uh, I'm only gonna start dressing in black. And it's just, it's been a weird road ever since. So thank you for that, Zach. <laughs> I totally forgot about Cradle of Filth. <laughs> yeah, man, that was my, I think a lot of people have like, I don't know, there's like better uh, entryway bands. Not for me, it was the full goth rock nerds. Uh, for context, these are like, they're still, I, they're still going, I'm pretty sure. <laughs> but they like play black metal and they're like really into symphony. Oh, and like, man. I don't know, man, something about it. I was like, wow, this is really heavy and horrible. Let's go. <laughs> Actually, I wanted to get a little bit more into that. So when we were younger, it was all about the bass. You it was all about the bass. Love the bass, <laughs> and you still play the bass a whole bunch, and you're incredible at it. You picked up the guitar at this point too. Yep, uh, I've heard you play. You're great. Thank you. But how do you go from this like I'm the bass guy to this ambient chill sound that you've got with quite the sight? Wow, that is a really good question. Um, I think it's I think it is twofold. I would say that in my youth, I think as is with like anyone who's learning an instrument, is you're often drawn towards like virtuoso playing. So like someone who's just very good at their individual instrument, uh, which is definitely how I treated it for a long time. But I think that like as I've progressed and as I've gotten into more music, I've really gone away from like virtuoso playing i would say that i'm actually like probably worse of a bass player now than when i was like when we were teenagers uh because like you're you're very hyper focused on one instrument and i think as i've gotten more into music i really switched that perspective around from i want to be very good at this one instrument to i want to be a good songwriter and i think when you make that transition you realize that there's like more skills you need to do uh i would say that like so the the folks that i play in spring colors with which really like a, a bit of a background on that project is we we've played in more like formal band settings before and when we went into this project it was kind of okay everyone contributes no one's really assigned a specific role or instrument because we're all kind of at this point where we you know we can make do on them like maybe i'm not yeah. the best guitarist in the world but i can like play this stuff um mm -hmm. And with it has really, it's moved away from like, you know, if I were describing like who, what my role in the band, I, like I, for the the EP we put out, like I tracked some bass, but I also like wrote a lot of the drum parts. Uh, I wrote some lyrics for the first time. We all did vocals. Like everyone tracked everyone's instrument and everyone wrote for everyone else. And that was something that I got a lot more into, but like a really big push from that was uh, for many years kind of coming out of like my late teens, early 20s. Um, I played in a band with actually a lot of the folks who are now in Spring Colors called Nords, mm -hmm. where uh, yeah, it was, it, you still find the stuff. It's like very indie punk inspired, like what we were all collectively listening to at the time. And in that band, like my primary role was like just playing bass. Uh, we had a lot of people who were already like multi-instrumentalists who are like much better at it than I ever will be. And I'm like very thankful to still be playing with those folks. But they... Um, like, you know, we already had people who were like, okay, like, 
I can play guitar. Uh, we had one guy who could like play violin. We had like someone who could play piano. Like they could all do these things interchangeably, but funny enough, like none of them were very good at bass playing. Uh, so it wasn't even they like, they weren't like David just played bass because we like, you know, we're going to Paul McCartney you, but they were like, we, we really <laughs> need to, they're like, we really need someone who's, who's good at it. Can you do this? And I was like, okay. So I just played bass and I only wrote my bass parts and that was it. And it was really great. And that was definitely like my like band experience for a number of years, like played in a lot of other groups. And to this day, like that's primarily like what I play live with bands. But when that band broke up in, ooh, I want to say 2017, 2018, um, I kind of had this identity crisis as someone who has really, for better or worse, built an identity around music, both like in listening to it, creating it, experiencing it. Like it's, it's like 80% of what I do. Um, I couldn't tell you anything about like math or the sciences, but if you want to know who played in Shai Halud in the 90s, I could tell you. Um, so as someone who had like built this identity around it, I felt like very scared and unsettled about be, uh, not being in a band. And I kind of had to take a step back and I was like, okay, like I am really good at playing bass, but like that, that only gets me so far if I'm not playing with a good songwriter. So then I was kind of like, okay, well, what if I became that songwriter and what if I did it? And around the time, uh, I was going to school at York university. I was living actually with... <laughs> a mutual friend of ours zach pat who we also worked with at camp one of his yeah, friends from home yeah shout outs patrick you, pat. great dude hope you're listening uh i lived with one of his good friends from his hometown uh named adam and adam really wanted to start a band and i was like well i'm gonna write um he was like i'm gonna write tunes like come to me with songs and i was like what and he's like you can write songs and i was like no i can't he's like anyone can write songs so he really like pushed me to do it and I brought some stuff forward and I was like very nervous and very self-conscious about it, but he was very encouraging. Great dude, still write tunes with him. Um, but uh, yeah, I think it really took me like actually giving stuff to people and then getting that feedback of like, hey, these songs are good. And that kind of inspired me a bit more to get better at guitar, get better at drums. And then I guess where all the electronic stuff comes in to answer your original question, I, as I've grown older, I'm more drawn towards it. Uh, I do love listening to ambient music. I my I would describe like my two favorite genres of music of like feelsy hardcore punk um, that has like really reverby leads with a dude with the worst voice you've ever heard yelling beautiful lyrics at you. That's like one. And the other is like very abrasive heavy music that like integrates electronics in a very smart way. Um, so like, I really love full of hell, like the armed, uh, but then as I got mostly through the people I was playing music with, like I got into more of like the weirder stuff, like Bjork. Well, I, I don't know if Bjork's <laughs> weird. She's like pretty mainstream, but she, she had a weird phase, uh, but like Bjork, uh, Sigur Ross, uh, we were also like huge fans of this band, Los Campesinos who are like kind of like in like a, they're like, they're like the slipknot of indie rock. There's just so yes. many of them, but they do. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. And I, I like, I love that stuff. And like that got me more into synths and that world. Uh, and my good friend, Lucas, who I play with in spring colors, uh, he makes music under the name health points. That's like some fucking incredible shit. If you're really into it. Um, he, his background's in electrical engineering. So as we got more into music, he actually found a really cool way to integrate like what he was doing professionally with his love of music. So he got, he got into synths like very early, but it was always too overwhelming for me. And I thought I couldn't do it. Um, and then it kind of came a point in the pandemic, realistically, where we were unable to like play music in person with people or like actually track things that I was like, all right, I actually have this time. I'm going to sit down and learn how to use like digi digital audio works like workspaces which is something i've a never da. done before a daw yeah for those a bit more savvy uh and i'm actually gonna like spend the time so a lot of the the stuff that's currently out for quite the site uh was very much just playing around with like plugins and getting more familiar with like electronic instruments as opposed to like your traditional guitars and basses and the stuff okay. that is hopefully coming out later this fall uh i finally pulled the trigger and i went and i bought a synth so i had a hardware synth uh and nice. like playing around with that yeah, so it's been really nice to like have a project that I think I can take music and put it out independently. And I guess like a bit more of like the philosophy behind Quite the Site is I'm a huge sucker and a lover of bands that like take a process work approach, meaning that they put they put out a shit ton of music, 
Um, some yeah. of it's great, some of it's duds, but like the philosophy behind it is that you see a trajectory as they go along and they don't adhere to like a typical release schedule. Because as mm -hmm. you probably know, Zach, I'm not someone with a very active social media presence. Um, Self-promotion is something I really struggle with. Like this is cool as shit. Like being able to like talk about it authentically <laughs> with you is like amazing, but like trying to draft an Instagram post to be like, please listen to my band. like. I, I don't know. Yeah, I, like, I know I, it does. Yeah. And I know people care about it. And like, I'm so thankful to have people who give a shit like at this part of my life and continue to, but like, it sucks. So I was like, all right, like I'm just going to make songs when I have enough that are like thematically like coherent or I have enough going on. I'm just going to put them out. Like, and there's, there's going to be no fanfare. I'm just going to release them. It's going to go out. And like, ideally where I'm starting is going to like improve to where I end up going is kind of like the philosophy behind it. So it's been very nice to like have this low stakes project that like I'm able to like learn a new skill set. I'm able to like remove productivity from like creation because that's also something yeah. I struggle with. Yeah. I, I, you might feel the same way, but I feel like if oh, I'm totally. not doing creative things, I feel really shitty and down on myself, but like that that's not the point of being creative like creative is a, exactly. is about self, yeah it's about self-expression so that's that's a very long one winded answer but no, yeah that's, that's okay. how i moved from being interested in virtuoso playing to uh trying to be a better general songwriter <laughs> for those of you who have listened to my music or listened to the veil of the void stuff you would know that that's basically how I went with the the stuff that I put out under Astroceratops. So that that's how I work in a similar way as Dave does there. Which is also like for those who haven't checked out your shit, it is also very good. Like oh, thank you. I, I knew your music would be good as like you are also someone who has made music like for most of their life as well. Uh, <laughs> but there's always that thing when your friend is like sending you, it's like, yeah, I make electronic projects like you know what it's gonna like it's gonna be someone just with like 808s making like lo-fi hip-hop beats which nothing against that like shout out to people who do it but then like i listened to it, it was like oh this is like very unique and like very cool and there's a lot of cool shit going on that was really really cool yo me and my homies hate 808s <laughs> <laughs> not at all actually i'm a big sucker for 808s they hit so hard they do just for people who are listening dave what daw do you use Oh, I use uh, Ableton 11, so the most recent okay. one that came out. Yeah, I was yeah. very thankful that they were so considerate enough to do their first major update in years as I was looking for which one to purchase. <laughs> Hell yeah. For those of you wondering what I use, it's FL Studios 20. Killer shit, too. <laughs> FL Studios rocks. <laughs> so I wanted to get back to kind of talking about your individual songs and really what I take away from them. Um you got two songs out on the Quite the Sight Spotify right now. Yep. Uh, Holding Pond and Middle Groundscape. Both yes. very different songs with very different pieces of David in them. <laughs> like, Holding Pond, that's the one that almost made me cry. It Aww. reminded... the Well, okay, so we had this one conversation, and I was having, like, a super shitty time. And we were sitting on the big steps, and we were under the stars. It was you, me, and Nikki. And you probably mm -hmm. remember this conversation because it was, like, a rough go. But it immediately took me back to, like, the lake water and the forest around us. And then Middle Groundscape came along, and I was like, yo, you could have told me that this was by somebody totally different. I would have had no idea it was, it was Dave still. <laughs> but it still felt like something that you would make. So how do you go about putting that in like those bits of you making sure it feels uniquely david wow that's a really great question um yeah so for those two that are out i guess like uh, so um thematically holding pawn came together where like they were ideas i started where um, i can't even say late pandemic we're still in it but like uh <laughs> i i i started work on both those songs probably in I want to say February of 2021. And at that time, I'd unfortunately, like many people, been laid off from like a very cool job that I had uh, living on like the Sunshine Coast in British Columbia. I had just moved back into my childhood home. 
uh, which, you know, at this point in my life, love my family, but you know, you're ready for a bit of independence. Uh, so I didn't have a job. I didn't have much going on. I was unable to see my friends and I very much felt like stagnated in my life. Whereas like for the past, I'm going to say like two years, I'd undergone a lot of like personal and professional growth. So that was really frustrating to deal with. Um, and one thing that actually really helped was uh, like, as I said, like making that separation between productivity and creativity and like reading a lot of stuff on the the theories of why we do it. Um, like Red Hustle and Float, which was a game changer. Um, like, yeah. Oh my gosh, what was the other one? It was really radical, but it was a, it was a fun read. Um, Oh my, it was like something like the rejection of work where it was just this, this guy in Wales talking to people who had like rejected work entirely. So I was like, I was in this state where, where I just like wanted to create and like remove the stress from it. Um, because I think when I write for other projects like Spring Colors um, or other things there, it's, it's not stressful because it's like, it's with my friends, but I feel mm -hmm. like I need this really creative project. Um, so Middle Groundscapes, uh, which I think this speaks to like how I got a bit more myself in it is actually, which is like really funny considering the order of things, a, a remix on an unreleased spring color song that I wrote, uh, oh. which will, yeah. So that will maybe, I, I don't want to like overstep here um, as I also moved away from Calgary and kind of messed up our recording process again. Sorry, oh, fellas. Uh, but that, uh, but... yeah, that, no, that was me on them. Uh, every time they're like, David, let's do band stuff. I'm like, cool, I'm just going to move across the country for like a year or more. Catch you in a bit. So there, shout outs, all the Jacob, Lucas, Susie, y'all are really accommodating on my weird lifestyle choices. Um, so I wrote a song <laughs> for Spring Colors where uh, we, we also have an EP out, which as I said, is like a bit more punky. I would say the song that I brought forward, I thought was going to get shot down uh, as being like too aggressive. And I sent it and they heard it and they were like, no, this rips, like we're going to use it. And I was like, oh shit. So I was really, really excited. I hope that song sees the light, light of day. I love it. Uh, the working title for it is called... Um, uh, theoretical middle ground and then in like brackets and other late night worries so I had this song that I was very passionate about uh, that we unfortunately could not do anything with just because we could not be together to record um, so as I was playing around with Ableton and just getting more familiar with the DAW uh, I was like and I was just like I had that song very fresh in my mind I kind of just took like the chords a bit of the melody like if this if this spring color song ever does get released I'm going to point it out to people and they're going to be like are you sure it's the same song uh, but that that is kind of like where middle groundscapes came along as a bad pun on soundscapes. Uh, so that's where that came along. So I think that one has a bit more inherently in me as it is a remix of a song that I wrote based on like my real interest. So like the, the actual song it's pulled from is like very like touche amore. And so I watched from afar kind of vibes. And I was like, what if I took out all the punk stuff of this song and made it kind of dancey? So that was a really fun experiment. And actually I sent it to uh, Lucas and Jacob, both of who I play with in Spring Colors. And I was like, we, we had recently put out an eight bit version of one of our other songs. And I was like, hey, so I know this song isn't put out yet but I made this, like, what do you think? And they were both like, dude, this is really sick. And I was like, thanks. And I was like, do you think we could put it out? Um, and I think it was Jacob who was like, dude, like, we're, we're not going to put anything out for a while. Like, why don't you just put this out yourself? And I was like, can I do that? And they're like, dude, you wrote the song. Like, you can remix your own songs. Yeah, so I was like, can. oh, shit. I didn't <laughs> know that was allowed, all these music rules. Um, so that was really cool. So that's how, like, Middle Groundscapes came about. That was actually the first one that I wrote. And then I was like, shit, like, if I'm going to put this out, I, I want another song to go with it. Um, <laughs> which that that's that's why there's two songs. I couldn't just put out one song. Um, so I was trying to think of, like, ideas of something else that I wanted to do. And around that time, uh, I was listening to a lot of Bjork, specifically, like, 90s era Bjork. Um, as I said before, I'm a big fan of this band called The Armed, who are, like, a mysterious hardcore collective that have, like... Like, no one knows who's in the band. Uh, but they put out what I'm still <laughs> considering one of my albums of this year, Only Love, which is, like, this really blown-out, like, grindcore meets, like, pop album. And it's, like, it's so in your face and it's so intense. Um, and that's all I was listening to at the time. And I was like, okay, like I'm listening to a lot of really like expansive, large music, um, which I normally tend to write the opposite of what I'm listening to. So I was like, what if uh, I did like 
not a lo-fi song, but like a lo-fi song on like the softer palette of like my music taste, which is really like, I like a lot of post-rock stuff. So going into that, I was like, okay, what if I did something like Explosions in the Sky like, or like Dilute like, uh, but like really mm -hmm. minimal instrumentation, like looping a lot and maybe throw in some like weirder like backing sounds. Um, but I couldn't just stop there and like middle groundscapes and the song it's pulled from are in three, four, which I'm, I'm not a prog guy. I'm going to throw it out there. I was in my youth. I've really deterred away from that. Cause I find a lot of prog music, very lifeless nowadays. Sorry, prog fans. Um, but I was like, what if I took this like weird time signature? I think it's in like 12, eight and I wrote this loop. And I think that that so far is the only quite the sight song, um, that has like a, not virtual instrument the new stuff definitely has like a uh, hardware synth used on it but it's like very much filtered through a lot of different plugins so that was like a real guitar on that um and i took some like artificial drums and tried my best to make them sound real and i think for that it was just really trying to capture like my love and appreciation of like the feeling that post-rock gives but in a uh time stamp that is more my speed because i love post-rock but i really struggle when they only write 16 minute long songs so i was like all right i'm gonna do this but it's gonna be in three minutes <laughs> <laughs> oh i totally understand that there's been a number of songs you show me and i've been like what is this? And you're like, don't worry. Minute eight is great. Yeah. Yeah. Which like, you can't, you can't show that to your homies. <laughs> you can't put that on the ox. <laughs> <laughs> and you've been working really hard at your stuff. You sent me a new one today. Can I talk about that a little oh, bit? Please, please do. Yeah. Absolutely. Heist yeah, film. It, it sounds Heist great. Films. Thanks man. I love it. Want to tell Thank me a little you. bit more about it? Cause I've listened to it like, four times and you sent it to me like five <laughs> hours ago oh that fucking rocks dude i'm so glad you dig it yeah um so that is as i said i'm um, hopefully in the spirit of non-traditional releases i love being able to talk about this song but not let anyone <laughs> listen to it um but yeah um so songs called heist films uh i'm hopefully if everything goes well it, my timeline's been pushed back a little bit with this whole moving across the country thing uh but i have three out of four songs done for what i want to be the next release uh which is okay. going to be working title which i think i'm going to stick with so i'll confidently say it on the podcast um is going to be called a happy medium uh so it is definitely i would say whereas like the last quite the site release was me kind of finding my bearing and creating songs out of necessity. Uh, this one is more me creating music that I really wanted to. Um, in the spirit of keeping in a learning process, it's me learning how to use. Uh, so I pretty much most of the sounds that are on that song are from the Arturia Micro Freak, uh, which is the synth that I have, as well as like a bunch of other shout out Spitfire Audio for like the Lab series, which are just really great, like orchestral free yeah, plugins. Yeah. yeah, you know what I'm talking about. Uh, yeah, I use that a lot on the last release. Um, but yeah, so it was really like a learning exercise in learning how to like record with an actual like hardware synth. Um, it's called a happy medium because I titled, which this is like a pretty common theme I do for a lot of stuff, but all songs were titled from different like mediums that I was enjoying while I was writing it. Um, so there's two songs that are like pulled from books just that I was reading at the time. Uh, one's from... Oh my goodness, Norwegian Wood by Haruki Murakami, which is just like this coming of age story that is brilliant. Uh, he's, he's probably like my favorite living author, if not like all time, great writer. Uh, and the other is pulled from like the Mars trilogy by Kim Stanley Robinson. I think I got okay. his name right. Yeah, uh, so there's like two that were pulled from books and the other two um, are pulled from like movies or like TV shows I was watching at the time. So <laughs> one's pulled from the second season of Fargo which I, it was it was going to be something different entirely and then uh the kim stanley robinson one has there's this really great moment in the book where there's two characters um who are on mars spoiler uh but they they've <laughs> lived very long lifespans and have had like conflicting personalities their entire life uh and the one character is like very much trying to find a way to connect and they find that their way to connect is by sitting down watching the martian sunset and naturally because when we named colors uh we were not on mars um and that their activity is trying to name these new colors that they're seeing so one one of the songs was to name a color because i thought that moment was just like a very beautiful uh and then fargo season two has this very interesting moment where ted danzen who plays an elderly police chief uh 
tries to create a universal language um, because he thinks it would be easier to communicate that way. So I was like, oh, interesting. You have some people to name a color and then you have these others to like create a language. So those are kind of the tail ends. Heist Films is dead in the center. Um, and it is a pretty direct name that I was yep. watching a lot of heist films uh, and they were kicking ass. Um, I was watching a lot of uh, Guy Ritchie movies. I still haven't seen Snatch. I'm sorry. Uh, but like I just watched Lock, Stop and Two Smoking Barrels. I'd watch his new one, Wrath of Man, which was fucking killer. Um, I'd watch some of the Oceans franchises. Uh, not a heist film, but adjacent. I had just, in 2021, watched The Town with Ben Affleck. I know I'm late to the party, but damn. Is I that still movie haven't good? seen it. Oh, man, it is good. My This is a tangent. My theory is any movie where we let Ben Affleck talk with his natural Boston accent is going to be a banger. And his only duds, <laughs> like, I'm, ma- like, I'm telling you, Batflick would have been better if he was from Boston. Like, if he just cut out being fake New York <laughs> and we just let, we finally let us have a Boston Batman. Um, yeah. And then the idea behind that, um, like my takeaway from like watching heist films is every, any good heist film, if you're watching a heist film and it doesn't have this, turn it off. It's going to be a bad movie has at least one part where they're like, you know, they're assembling the team or like something goes wrong or they're on the move. And it's like the soundtrack is just a bass riff and like the best drum beat you've ever heard. Uh, and I was like, I want to do something like this because all my other stuff, like it, it's, it's more like a long droning bass thing. So it's like, I want a bass groove. Like I want something that's bouncy. I want something that's fun. Uh, and I need a drum beat to go well with it. So those were like the first two things that I wrote for the song, um, and was what I let it guide throughout. And then uh, maybe this is not great to say, but like all melody and everything else came afterwards. Like every, that's every additional cool. thing was just like afterwards. I was like, I just want like a really sick bass and drum groove going, uh, because to me that like captures the spirit of heist films which in turn was influencing me to write uh music so shout out guy Ritchie, makes great movies <laughs> you say that but like i always build my music backwards i go drums bass then melody and like sometimes i even go so far as putting like atmosphere first which is weird oh, no like, that's it's huge. super strange but like yeah that's huge there, um, there's this really great, I want to say, I think it's a TED talk with, um, with Mark, uh, Mark Ronson, who, you know, he's a very mm-hmm. famous pop producer and he's yeah. talking about sampling. He's got like, it's for those out there, check it out. It's like 20 minutes long, but it's very insightful. Uh, but he's got this really interesting part where he's talking about how like sampling or even, you know, like those atmospheres or those background pieces, I think for a lot of yeah. people are sampling, but like the true beauty of sampling is that you can repurpose someone else's art to tell your own experience. Um, and I think people who are able to create tracks by like basing it off a sample or like basing it off of like a found sound, um, is just amazing. Cause you're like, you're taking like other people's like creations or you're taking like the creations of nature and turning it into your own, like using it to tell your story. Super cool stuff. Thank you, David. All my music is sampled. <laughs> you're, you're crushing it, dude. No, that, that, that freaking rocks. Yo, and if you got something against sampling, uh, it's time for you to put down your Gibson's Les Paul and listen to some music that came out uh, after the 90s. That's that's what I'll say to those people. <laughs> uh, music, that's one of those things that's incredibly important to you. And obviously, like we're, we're talking about this right now. What do you find in music that just you don't get from other things? Like, what is it about music? What draws you to it? Wow. I feel like I'm on, you know, like on Hot Ones when Sean Evans is just hitting them with the bangers and they're like, how did you, I, I have this experience. This is so cool. What about music draws me? Um, I'm going to say different things for different genres. So I think when I was younger and I got into heavy, like heavy metal specifically and aggressive, um, there is just this primal response in you when you hear those riffs. Like there's just something like, I, for me, it unlocks something and it just like, it, it just turns on my lizard brain for lack of better words. And like the, to, to have, well, that's the thing of art, right? Is like art is supposed to make you feel something. Feeling your lizard brain is feeling something. Um, so that was like heavy music. And then um, like, I would say the heavy music that I gravitate towards now is that th- this is a tangent, but I think very important. One of my least favorite music critiques of all time, uh, and I think we've seen this with the Death Heaven album rollout that they just put out, um, is when people view heavy music, specifically heavy metal, as a juvenile 
type of art and that by yeah. only by adding queen singing or by adding synths or by doing that can music evolve you instantly lose all credibility um if that's your commentary on it i don't think you understand what's going on likewise bands i'm calling out all the bands right now buying a synth putting it on your album and removing all the good things that made you good does not actually mean expanding your sound you got to learn how to use those tools, folks. Uh, or you can do what I do and just keep putting out music for 16 people. And then by the time you have more of an audience, you'll be really good at it. Those are my tips and tricks. Um, but yeah, so heavy music, I think it's, yeah, sorry. That's just, those are my hot music takes. Um, heavy music, I think, is this very like lizard brain meets artistry thing. Um, hardcore and punk, I think, was very much the ethics and the sense of community around it. It's absolutely not perfect, don't get me wrong. But I think uh, it definitely like specifically hardcore punk was the type of music I got into my late teens, like 17 to 19. Uh, you know, I think straight edge is like the most definable cultural moment of like hardcore punk. But I think there's something very special in showing a very like listless, directionless youth music, specifically like male identified folks who I think are often taught to suppress feelings or like not express yeah. emotions other than anger to have this aggressive music telling you that compassion is actually cool as shit. Um, and that by caring for each other and by building a sense of community, like that's, that's actually what's going to create finer purpose for you in life. So like hardcore punk, like that's, that's always what drew me towards it was like, I, and I don't think it, I don't think it nails it all the time. And I recognize people have different experiences with it. But for me, that was like hearing, hearing like these, what would other be ref otherwise be referred to as like soft skills talked about in this like very aggressive way like reached me and i was like right like <laughs> in a world of just like <laughs> often callous cruelty being kind is is actually against the grain and very cool um and if you think conservatism is the new punk rock again put down your gibson les paul listen to something other than no effects leave the 90s come on join us in the modern <laughs> age um yeah and then i think for electronic music honestly like uh for like the idm fast stuff it it just boggles my brain i think it's so cool like it it's so technical in a way that doesn't beat beat you over the head with it which i think is amazing um and then for ambient works like it truly transports you to another place like and i like, i'm not saying other other mediums can't do that but it's really interesting that like music truly does that through like one sense you know what i mean like if you're if you're yeah. watching movie or film you're engaging multiple senses if you're um you know if you're painting i think there's a lot but like music like you can sit down like we are now have headphones in and like truly just engage that one way and it can transport you to places that i think is super super cool and unique about it yeah that's that's a beautiful answer dave thank um, you I, I love that so here's here's another thing that i want to ask you Mm -hmm. you work with kids i do and the kids are great wow. and we we have many a great story about kids we work with there's some kids that we know some some sad stories some moments we've shared i don't know about you but a lot of the stuff i learned with the kids way back when really comes through in my art and there's mm -hmm. some overlap of things that i learned can you talk a little bit about some of the overlap that may have happened between your career and your passion. Ooh, of like, so uh, like the overlap between working with youth and like creating art. Yeah, because I oh. know that you, you're 100% like the dude who's like, we need to bring, the, the next generation needs to be better than us. Yes, uh, absolutely. Like, yeah. Yeah, not, not letting us off the hook or our parents. <laughs> <laughs> Tell your parents, keep, keep, no, I'm not even gonna say keep, recycling uh start tell them that it's okay to tax billionaires they have a lot of money and it's not going to affect them also yeah. i'm sorry if you're making forty thousand dollars a year you're you're a lot closer to being bankrupt than to yeah anyways um yeah i so i would say it transfers into my art um i i would say when i consume a lot of music i use it as a sense of escapism so it's often engaged in like you know from like the the heavier side of working with children and youth um, but I think there's also this like amazing like celebratory aspect of like using it to connect with youth. I, I have a cool story on that in a second. But um, no, I think it definitely like, hmm, this is a good thinker. <laughs> I, yeah, uh, I think it really, 
influences in how I work with kids in the sense that kids constantly provide me with like interesting and different perspectives I wouldn't have. Like, again, you get this from your peers too, but there's this yeah. sense of like innocence and there's a sense of um, not understanding the boundaries that the world puts upon you that you can only get from working with kids. You know, talk talk to a young child about what they want to do and they'll, they'll tell you like the most ridiculous and the most inspiring things. And I think that in creating art, like that's always a frame of mind I like to go from. Like a- every project I work with, like Spring Colors, this... Um, one of my favorite bands of all time, the Dillinger Escape Plan, made a career by making essentially like noise, but like mixed with jazz and like the most brutal live shows you've ever seen. And like a creative <laughs> tenant they had was like no compromises. Like whatever happens, happens, but like we make the music we want to do. And if we get signed to a label, cool. If we play shows, cool. And it worked for them, I think in big part due to that. And I think children and youth have that that no compromise mindset, right? Because they don't they don't yeah. know their boundaries yet and they don't have as many put upon them. So I think that's a really cool thing. I also think that like bringing, and again, this is tricky as someone who likes bands with the names of Full of Hell um, or like, the, <laughs> yeah, Cult Leader. Yeah, um, yeah. yeah, yeah, yeah. I'm not, I'm not showing kids <laughs> those bands, but I think like for me growing up as a child, like having an older figure in my life that could show me music and that I could bond with was like really huge. And uh, in a very cool moment, um, one summer when I was working uh, at the camp that Zach and I both attended, oh. uh, I, I played a lot of music at the program area I was running, which was really cool. I got a chance to like show a lot of kids a lot of music maybe they wouldn't have seen. Fast forward maybe like uh, four or five years later, uh, I'm at a show for this band that I've consistently loved since I heard them called Balance and Composure. Uh, and I'm there with uh, so my fr- these guys in spring colors. They keep coming up. They're they're also my best friends. You know, we do other stuff than music. Sometimes we see live music. Um, and I'm there with them <laughs> as well as another one of our camp alumni. And we're hanging out. And I just hear my name and like my friend's name be called. And we turn around and there's this dude who's like, I don't know, maybe like 19, 20 standing there. And we're like, hey, man, do we know you? And he's like, yeah, you guys, you might not remember me, but I actually used to attend this camp and we're like oh cool no way and he's like dude like you were my counselor and he points at me he's like you used to play music at this area all the time and i was like oh no way he's like yeah like you showed basically it was like you showed me this band they became my favorite band and now here we are together seeing this band live and that was like probably like in working with youth that's like one of my top three experiences by far because i was able to like share my passion for something i care so deeply about it resonated with someone much younger than me in a very similar way and then like years later i could share that experience with him like seeing that band which was so cool that's so right we're gonna have to talk about that more was this (laughs) the zen garden award was yeah, this yeah, one yeah. Of the kids yeah, 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 yeah. Okay, yeah. It just was, making yeah, yeah. sure. Yeah, yeah, yeah. It was absolutely one of those kids. Yes. <laughs> yeah. Okay. I might have an idea who it is. Then. Yeah. You. You probably know exactly who this is. Yeah, I'm not going to dox him on the podcast, but you know, yeah. <laughs> no, I got to say. So, Dave, we're actually starting to run a little close out of time. Fuck, we've almost been going for 45 minutes. Yeah, time flies when you're having fun. Yeah, it's amazing. So I got two more questions for you, though, and this is my favorite question to ask on the podcast. If you've listened to a couple episodes, so I know that you've heard me say that before. So what advice can you give someone who wants to start making their own amusement? Well, I'm going to say that sentence again. (laughs) What advice can you give to someone who wants to start making their own music but doesn't know where to start? Oh, great question. Um, Listen to, if, if there's anyone in your life who makes music um that you enjoy and you have contact with like absolutely take their feedback to be truthful um find an instrument or a medium that you care about and that you really enjoy and just like play the shit out of it like just just have fun with it and like the ideas will come from it um if anyone tells you you're doing something wrong tell them to go fuck themselves like straight up there's there's no like i'm not trying to be a dick but like i think there's so much content out there for like people who are just getting into music of like oh buy this one microphone and you can do anything or like buy yeah 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 i literally like if you're into my music i made that last quite the site e like that two song just on my laptop with like a midi controller and an interface like it's it's really easy to do and you can make amazing sounding music no matter where you're at like even spring colors a thing that we do that's all recorded diy uh, my friend Lucas, again, has like built basically a home studio and is very good at it. But like 
if there is a will, there is a way. And I would say like find find an instrument, find a DAW, find <laughs> samples, like w whatever it is, um, and play around with it and have fun with it and just create as much as you can. Um, and absolutely, there are people who are going to give you input. And I think it's worth taking in people's input. Like I still do it with my stuff, but definitely try to have that project where you, you don't compromise because I think it's a lot more rewarding. That's great advice, man. It's, it's great. Just <laughs> <laughs> Thank you. <laughs> yeah. It's a, I'm happy about that. That one's, that's some good advice. We have this theme of people coming on the podcast and being like, Hey, have fun and if people are putting you down, tell them to go fuck themselves and do what you're doing. So I like seeing that, that train keep on rolling. It's the truth. Cause no one, no one's going to be able to express your creativity in the way that you can. Uh, I think it's very rewarding to always work with other people, but in the same token, like who is that person who is going to come? You are, you are working, you are creating something, you're doing something. Who is that person to come in? Who's not creating something and tell you how to do it. It's not, it's yeah. not their place. It's not. You're right. Dave, where can people find more about you and quite the site and maybe even spring colors? Oh, absolutely. Um, so I would say my two main platforms, uh, Twitter is the biggest one. <laughs> this is really dumb. You can find me at a Dave to kill for. Um, it's a pun on a Sin City novel. Um, but it's the, the username is currently bedavioral patterns. It's all puns. Uh, that's, that's probably the best one. That's where I post about all my music and also just like shoot the shit. Uh, I, I love talking to people about everything. So like hit me up on anything, everything. Um, my Instagram is, um, at quite the site. Um, it's quite underscore the underscore site. I'm currently on private as I Zach said, I do work with children and youth and I don't always want them finding my social media because that can be weird. Yeah. Um, but if I see that you are clearly an adult adding me on it, I'm going to accept you. <laughs> I can t I can tell the difference between adults and children uh, and I'm probably going to go off private to like promote this stuff down the road. Um, you could probably definitely tell the difference between adults and children that you do know. Yeah, yeah. It's, it's, a, it's a pretty big giveaway. Um, and then for people who are interested in checking out like music I make with other people, uh, you can hit that up on, uh, oh God, I think we're on everything but Twitter. Uh, there's an Instagram uh, at Spring Colors Band, uh, as well as a Facebook page. Uh, and there's hopefully, pandemic willing, going to be some more stuff on that front, uh, either later this year or early next year, uh, as well as hopefully these other punk songs. I did this really fun thing where I tracked absolutely everything except my vocals and then moved across the country, uh, which vocals is the only <laughs> thing I cannot track independently. So oh, no. again, shout out to Lucas health points. Uh, he's, he's helping me make that work. So that'll hopefully be out end of this year too. <laughs> Perfect. I'm glad to hear it. As always, everybody listening, all of Dave's socials, they're going to be down below, and you can go and click right there. You can follow them real easy. That way you can go listen to the stuff that Quite the Site's coming out with and more of that stuff as it comes out. David is phenomenal. He's a phenomenal musician. Um, like I said, he's one of my most cherished. He's one of my best friends. I, I love this man very much. You go, you go get me crying over the audio chat, man. Zach's one it of my be best the first friends. Time. <laughs> <laughs> nah, seriously, um, if you're listening to this podcast, you already know Zach's crushing it. This thing is so fucking good. <laughs> thanks. I really appreciate that. Dave, thank you so much for coming onto the show. It was a lot of fun. I, I think I really needed this. And yeah, I just I'm really grateful that you came on. Thank you so much for having me on my first ever podcast appearance, Zach. Uh, this has been both an honor and a pleasure. I also forgot to mention, you can look up quite the site on every single streaming thing ever, and it's going to come up. I forgot to plug yeah. the one thing where my music actually is, uh, oh, but yeah. it's, it's there. <laughs> Go listen to them on Spotify or something. <laughs> yeah. Spotify, Apple Music. Or Bandcamp. I don't know if I've, yeah. Oh, I, that's the one thing I don't have yet. It's coming though. Bandcamp's coming. Gotta get on Bandcamp. I gotta get out of here. That's where all my people are at. Thank you so much for listening, audience. Dave and quite the site. They're scheduled to launch very soon. Take care of yourselves. Have a good night. Bye. Bye.
thank you so much to David for coming on to the show this week. A couple of you might complain because I know it's not a tabletop game, but gotta remember we're here for the indie community and frankly I love what Dave's doing. So please go listen to his music. It really is something wonderful. And thank you for listening, audience. I held a poll on Twitter recently about what to call you all, and the general consensus was to stick to calling you collectively as listener. So that's where we're going to remain for a little while. We have passed over 500 downloads at this point. It's a really cool feeling. We're also rapidly approaching the 25th episode, and I have no idea what to do about that. So if you have any suggestions, please let me know. A new episode is going to go live next week featuring Karnik and their game, Gardener and the Wild Vines, which I can already tell you is an incredible video game. It's beautiful. It's incredible. Go play it right now. Oh, and one more thing. We are about to song transition right about here. Enjoy the world debut of Heist Films by Quite the Sight. Take care. Have a good night.